Secrets of Small Business. My name is Jack Mancini, and I am with a company called Maximum Value Partners, and we are business coaches. I'm here with my partner, Adam Sunhalter, and the purpose of this program is to talk about small business stuff. Um, you small business owners out there, or you want to be small business owners, we basically have answers to an awful lot of questions. Uh, Adam and I have been together here doing this business coaching now for over 15 years. And that comes from a background strongly uh, involving business, both from an educational standpoint and hands-on experience on, on uh, pretty big companies to very teeny little companies. So we've seen it all. In our coaching, what we prefer to do is deal with owners of small businesses, and we define that as from 1 to 25 employees. Any industry makes no difference. We, uh, like I said, we've seen an awful lot, and there's not too much we can't coach on. But anyway, what do you think, Adam? The Indians are going to take it all, and uh, uh, life is good. Yes, Winter's it is. not coming this year, and the way we know, it's going to be warm all winter. So <laughs> blame it on climate change and whatever. But hey, I'll take it right now. Whatever the good stuff is, <laughs> yeah, you got to enjoy life as it comes, and lots of good things happening, and. We're all blessed to be up today. That's the first step, right? You get up on the right side of the uh, the right side of the grass, so to speak. So, it's been a very interesting week, to say the least. Obviously, uh, all our thoughts and prayers go with those affected by the uh, the tragedy out in Las Vegas uh, on Sunday and Monday. Um, but it's often the case in times of tragedy, often our best things come forward, and that's uh, that's been the case here as well, in, in many respects. And uh, Business goes on and life goes on, unfortunately, with part of the stuff. And so part of what we'd like to talk about tonight is our business stuff. But uh, Business stuff. We'd like to have you be part of the show. You're always welcome to be part of the show, and there's lots of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, the preferred method is if you want to give us a call when we're here in the studio, every Wednesday, 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern, you can get us by calling 440-946-9468. Again, 440 440- Nine four six nine four six eight. We're also uh, again getting more active on the Twitter sphere. We got three Twitter handles out there. We got one for our company for Maximum Value Partners, which is at Maximum VP. Uh, Jack has his own, which is at Jack M M V P, and I've got mine at at Adam Sonhalter. So if you want to tweet at us or uh, get a hold of us on there, we'd be happy to respond and get some of your questions that you've got in terms of how questions. We also have email radio at uh, MaximumVP.com or head over to our website, MaximumVP.com forward slash how, H-O-W. We're the how guys. There's a little form that's there to kind of put your question in or comment and we'd be happy to get that on here as well. And um, Boy, there are a lot of ways. One thing you forgot, they could walk down uh, the driveway here in Willoughby over to the W-I-N-T station here and uh, we'll talk to them right here. And we're going to be having more of that as we move forward here in, in, in the next several months. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. So we always have good topics to talk about. Jack mentioned we like to focus on small business, and we, we define that as anywhere from 1 to 25 employees. And as I mentioned, we help them get unstuck from the state of how. Lots of how questions. Lots of how questions. Never yeah. ending. Never, never. You know, And every day you as a small business owner come in, and how the heck did this happen? That's how you can start with. And then... Uh, uh, in a more sane, rational way of how. How do you find good employees? How do you 
take care of these pesky vendors that are bugging you. How do you, how, 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 how do I, how do I? They're never ending, that's for sure. Do people still use that word, Jack, pesky? Pesky. Well, I just did, so I'm people. Are there, <laughs> <laughs> are there more that pesky fly, or do you use a stronger word? It's making me think of that foul pole out in Fenway Park. Isn't it called Pesky Pole? Is it Johnny Pesky? Was it the guy's name? I think you're right. Something like that. I'll look it up in the break. I think that's what it was. It's that, that short right porch there in, uh, in Fenway Park with the little pole you kind of go around. <laughs> anyway, it's yeah, it's baseball baseball season right now. The playoffs are in full swing, just getting going, and uh, we're hoping the Indians will finish it off this year. And we got uh, we got some bets out there. Hopefully those will be, be coming to fruition, Jack. That would be fantastic for yeah, sure. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it, it, it's nice to finally see them coming to a head. It's been a long season that way. Yes, it has. But if you're from Cleveland or a Cleveland Tribe fan, you have to love what's going on right now. So hopefully it will keep going for another month. So, all right. So, why don't we get down? We had a, we had a, uh, uh, we got a lot of questions about this topic for tonight that we're going to talk about and touch on, and we can never quite cover this in our less than the hour that we've got for the show here, Jack. But it's a, it's a good thing to kind of come back to and revisit uh, once in a while. I know we talked about it before here on the show, but again, we have different takes on it, different things that you might hear, even though you're hearing it for the sixth or seventh time. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time. And it's often how it works with our clients when we're coaching them, too. So I, I know you've mentioned that before, but it didn't quite make sense, and now it's making sense to me. So Yeah, that's right. There's so many variables in, in business and running companies and starting companies. And, and uh, so it's, it's always, you know, the topic itself might be fixed, but the subject and discussion and the words used and the descriptions and the arguments, debates, and compliments all really are different. So, you, you, so Jack gave the how question. You didn't quite... St- frame it that way but he kind of hinted at it which is uh how do i start a business and it's one of those things again we've talked about uh, about before there's a lot of folks out there thinking about it or trying to get started trying to get launched and i was having uh coffee or actually i had tea i don't drink coffee but uh, she had coffee and and, and and i had tea jack so i guess is what does that mean we're having drinks. We're having drinks in the morning. That's, That's it. We right. start. We start early here, which is good. That's good as right. But uh, and like many folks, she's working a day job, but has a, has a side thing kind of going. And so there's lots of ways to kind of get started on a company. But think about it for a minute. You know, whether you started a company before or not, or you're thinking about it, chances are, you know somebody, or lots of somebody's who have started a company. That's right. If they're running a company right now, there was a day and a time when they started that where they weren't running that company. So how do you start a company, Adam? What do you yeah, how, what how, do you need here? How'd they do it? There's a lot of questions around it. There's a lot of myths around it, right? And so one of the things we like to do here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business is we like to obviously reveal a lot of those dirty secrets, but often we like to debunk what people think are secrets or, or, or kind of how things kind of go. And so a lot of things people might think that they, that, that, that they need or that might prevent them from actually going and starting because they, they wind up talking themselves out of it instead of just kind of going or finding the way to make it happen. So, so they get all excited. Why? Because every idea, well, I just gave my, my little thunder away here. Every business has to start with an idea. Every business. Uh, even a guy named Sean, he's thinking of starting businesses. But <laughs> That's right. Sean's our engineer, for those of you guys who don't know. He does, takes good care of us here. So he has ideas for businesses as well. He's, he's making uh, hot toddy as a, uh, a, winter, a winter specialty here. He's going to be marketing that pretty soon. So 
But yeah, so what do you need to start a business? Lots so, of cat. Boy, if I only I had well, more money, Adam, I could start a business tomorrow and do anything I wanted to. So do I need money? Well, again, your point, it starts with the idea. And so the, the, the idea is something in your mind. So something that, hey, I can see a need for this. And, and many, many times the ideas come from something that you yourself use or, or, or see a, a, uh, a gap in the marketplace. So it could be a product or a service that, hey, gee, if somebody were to make this, I would buy it. Well, gee, if I would buy it, then wouldn't somebody else buy it? And so often things get created that way. They, you know, and I've heard lots of stories over the years. You know, I, I read lots of stories about companies starting and, and listen to lots of podcasts about them as well. And it's everything from different types of blankets, you know, for for babies, to different houseware things, you name it. Somebody at some point had an idea, hey, why can't I find this? And they create it. Well, that's the story for after themselves. the fact. That's usually the story after the fact. When, when things are done, usually the person who did it has an answer for the question, how did you do this? And they have an answer. But they don't seem to have that answer at the early stage and early beginning. You know, it isn't that neat and buttoned down. It's kind of a sloppy process. Everybody has ideas, and they'd love to become a millionaire, and they can get all excited about their idea, whatever it might be. But how do they start it? How do they start it, Adam? What's the first thing you have to do? You know, you you have this great idea, and your friends are, are saying, hey, that is a great idea, Adam. I, boy, you should start a business with this. Yeah, I am. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to do what? you got to make the product or service, depending on what it's going to be. you got to have something to you got to start to sell. lay it out a little bit. Yeah. And, and people might do that. And then who do they usually turn to? People who they trust, friends, family, folks in their inner sphere. And many of those people have never started a business. So they have well-intentioned advice, but it doesn't, you know, the, the, the person with the idea usually doesn't have the wherewithal, the, the, the answering the questions in their mind about how do I do that. They don't know how to do it. They know what they know. So how do they start a business? It's a mystery. It's a know? mystery. But yet millions of companies, and we've seen many, have started businesses and continue to. But well, they, get, they, get, they, get, they, get, they hit a wall pretty quickly with it because of what they don't know and how to organize that thought process into a real commercial venture. They don't know how to do it. So you're assuming they've now developed some sort of product or service at that point. Well, they they say I'm I'm trying to take it from the idea. I know. So you're, you know, you you got to get you have to have something from the idea, to then you have something to sell. Well, you need that, don't you? At some point, I think you do. I okay. think you do. So, who do they talk to? How do they get educated? It could take years to do that. People want want something to happen instantly, and unless you've been experienced, you know, and that doesn't mean go to college necessarily or study business. It's it's. Being able to grasp the essence of what's necessary. We have our little three circles that we, we use to, to kind of frame things. You know, you might have an idea or a product or service, whatever you want to call it, but that has to have a market. Somebody has to be interested in buying it, and that's the first thing you have to prove out. And if you do, the rest of the business stuff, we'll call the administration of the business, can come. So if you have an idea... How do you, we, we were talking to somebody who wants to uh, sell socks. How was the, uh, what was that, what was that? 
don't think it wasn't to sell socks. It was to, uh, I guess, kind of rent socks, right? Rent you, pay, so- you pay a monthly fee socks. and you get new socks every uh, new socks for every day kind of thing, right? And uh, you then send them back and they'd be donated to charity. So a fresh I'm, pair of socks every day, Jack. That's right. You don't even select them. They they come delivered uh, yeah. by the drone. A, a great target market would be those college kids that don't want to do laundry, right? So also you got a fresh box of socks coming for you for the for the next month. That probably lasts them at least a year. You don't have to wash those because you know they're brand new. You can turn them inside out, and they'd be pretty good to go, right? See, people people have ideas, sure and they, they have to move them along. And some of these ideas sound sound a little funny, a little bit off the wall, like any new idea, you know. Because we don't know it, it's it's not it's not in place. So where do you start? Well, you got to start with a little definition of the market. Who's going to buy well, let's, your product? Let's come back to where you start. We come back and break, Jack. We're hitting our first break. In the meantime, head to our website maximumvp.com and go on the MVP playbook to see the three circles Jack was talking about. We'll get into that a little bit here after the break. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. and I'm Jack Mancini, and our company is Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we can help you. Get unstuck from a state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. It's right if you love Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. Hello, Adam. I'm Jack Mancini, and we are business coaches with a company called Maximum Value Partners. And we deal with small businesses and the owners primarily. And we help those owners get unstuck from a state of how, those endless how questions. And what we're talking about today, this is for existing, existing businesses or those who want to be existing businesses, startups. Mm-hmm. And the question is, hey, how do I start a company? How do I do that? That's one of uh, the many, many how questions. So Adam and I are kind of going back and forth a little bit about how do you start a company? So you get this great idea. It's great to you. might even be great to your friends and family. They always support stuff like that. So now we get this great idea determined how is it a great idea? Well, from our friends and family. It's not created yet other than in somebody's mind. So what do you do with this idea? How do you start a business around it? What do you have to do? Right, we were talking about the three circles. This also applies, Jack, too, for folks who already have companies and maybe you want to launch a, a new product or service too. It'd be the same, the same principles. Exactly. So before the break, I said take a look at our website, maximumvp.com, and there's a uh, a tab there for uh, the MVP playbook. If you click on there, you'll see something for the the three circles. And Jack talked about those in the first segment in terms of the three circles to every organization. And there's product or service. There's marketing and sales. And then there's the administration. And so if you're taking that idea, okay, so like I said, the first step is trying to figure out, okay, what's that product or service look like? And it's got to then be married pretty quickly to a market. If it's just a product or service, it becomes like many of our engineering friends who have hobbies and have patents and all this other kind of stuff that doesn't really fill a need in the marketplace, so to speak. So maybe you're thinking about it, maybe the idea came because you saw a need in the marketplace. Now you have to, 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 to develop that product or service. So often early on, there's a lot of bouncing back and forth between those those first two circles. That's exactly right, Adam. I, in fact, I think that's really where the, the bulk of the, the time should be spent. Not go talk to your CPA, to your lawyer, what kind of company should I form, all these kinds of what we'll call distractions at the early going. If all you have is an idea, to Adam's point, you got to go back and forth. 
spend literally weeks, months, whatever, to understand who's going to buy or use this product and then start to sketch it out. It could be on a piece of scratch paper. It could be wherever, wherever you're keeping notes. Start to to uh, draw and outline points that, that are going to be important for you to actually sell something down the line. And you don't have to have a, sell, a selling strategy at this point. You just have to have a need. And what we would do, you've got to define that need. And what we would call market research. And we aren't talking about some fancy pants, highly expensive uh, person who's, who's doing deep dives in, in research. We're talking about doing a little bit of testing for rationale. After all, your idea is in your head. You love it. It's only you, maybe some family and friends. Well, you've got to get out there a little bit and test this to see if it's viable. And if it is, then you can start to do some things that are pretty serious about starting a business. Otherwise, you're going to be wasting a lot of time and money ultimately. Yeah, part, of the, part of the beauty of today's uh, technology is it enables us to be able to find out a lot of information relatively quickly and in the palm of our hand in the case of, of carrying our phones or smartphones around or going onto a computer or a pad or a tablet of some type and kind. But we can get access to a lot of information relatively quickly, relatively inexpensively. Okay, But that only goes so far, to your point, Jack. You get some good ideas and theories down, but it's, at some point you've got to engage people. And I remember when we were first starting MVP, uh, one of the things that we, that we did early on is we helped people sell companies. And one of the questions that people will often ask is, well, what's my company worth? Mm, we have yes. a whole different topic or, or show on that. But how do I determine the value? And one of the things we started to investigate was the business valuation market. And did some research early on, looking around, checking out who was out there, and started to get a sense of the marketplace. And, you know, in the case of the valuation marketplace, there's – some really high-end folks. You know, these are the folks that would be called to witness stands, and there's experts with lots of letters after their names in terms of credentials and everything else. There's some folks more on maybe the kind of the, the lower end kind of thing in terms of um, hey, you kind of fill out a form, send in a few of your you know, financials, and within a, you know six weeks they, they they send something back, and then you got you know things in between there, right? So you got a census marketplace, but then. What happened was I placed a phone call to one of these companies that was more kind of on that lower end of stuff, right? But a very interesting business model. And I talked to the owner of the company, the founder. And I knew he was the founder because when I was doing some research, I was able to find out who, you know, who this person was. And I happened to ask for him, and there he was. And in a half an hour phone call with the founder, I gained more information than I'd gained in three weeks of doing research online because... There are only so many things you can find online, and the perspective and the depth and how it kind of ties a lot of those dots together. When, you do, when you're doing market research, think about a big whiteboard with a bunch of dots on that whiteboard. And sometimes it's hard to kind of connect, the, connect or group the dots together in terms of what kind of goes together, how do things kind of flow. And if you talk to somebody who's been involved with these things, it's amazing what you can learn. I know you had a similar experience, Jack, back with one of the companies that you own when you found some some very lonely man in the government offices that you probably spooked the crap out of them when you called them because the phone, the phone rang, which never, rang. never rang, right? So why don't you give people a little sense for that, too? I think, I think it would be very helpful to, to, to make this point in terms of when we're talking about market research to see what's out there, that there's people with a lot of good information that exists that you aren't going to find on a computer anywhere. Well, the key, the key word is the operative word. That's engage. You can find out a lot of information 
Here, I, I have this idea. I've jotted it down on, on paper now. I have some, some bullet points. My idea is, is gaining some momentum. My friends and family love it. I do too. But now I've got to go out into the marketplace and see if other people who don't know it like it. And a lot of things are, are taking place when you do that. You have to define your product and, and what it accomplishes in such a way that people can easily understand you. And as simple as that sounds, that's extremely difficult, even with existing companies that have been around for years. But uh, you, you, start to look, you start to look in places and talk to people and engage these conversations. And the company Adam was talking about was a company that I bought involving a... Uh, um, I was looking at the company. I was looking at the the company that researched and the valuation. They're still there. Spar Data is the name of the company. Oh by yeah, the way. I remember Check them that. Out. Remember that. And this little company was well, they they made steel parts, forgings, and so I was trying to find information on the overall market size and diversity of forgings. As boring as that sounds, how many people do I know who know this? Not not anybody. It turned out. So I started calling and contacting different sources, and one of the sources I. I called was an obscure little department. I think it was called the Department of Forgings in, in the federal government. I, I believe it was uh, through the Commerce Department. And, you know, to spend a couple hours doing that, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I called this number. <laughs> and this guy, again, to Adam's point, I think we woke him up, you know. Uh, he, he, never, he never got phone calls. He even said that. No one ever calls me. He said, you're one of the first people to ever call me. But here this was a wealth of knowledge this guy had. He'd been doing this in, in this government capacity for, for well over 20 years, and no one ever talked to him, but he had reams and reams of data. So I lucked out. Well, how did I luck out? Well, I spent some time calling. Not, he wasn't the first and only guy I called. I had called and talked to a number of people, lots of dead ends. But the whole quest was to take my idea and this company that I just bought, and basically gather information about where these kinds of products or modified products are being sold currently. So that helps me, again, going back and forth from product to market, from product to who needs this thing. And you keep doing that for a while, and all of a sudden now you have an idea that's going beyond friends and family's enthusiasm, you're getting verification from the outside world, and that's what you need. That's when you start to arm the, the, uh, you know, the company with lawyers and accountants and set up companies and and set up an organization that's going to go out and pound pavement to try to sell these things. So that's how you basically start an idea. We don't we don't lack for ideas. Everybody, everybody has ideas, and almost everybody says, boy, I, I like this idea. I could make a million on this thing. I could make a killing on this thing, and they could, but they got to take that first step, and that first step could take you literally years to modify to the point, in our opinion, rather than start spending money on other stuff. you got to get excited about it and have strangers get excited about it too, and most people don't do that, so their ideas really never come to fruition. A picture and a picture and getting strangers excited, Jack. That's uh, that's a pretty intimidating thing for I think most people. I think the, the, the engagement part I think is really key here, folks. Again, it, it, there's only so much you're going to learn from being behind a computer screen or behind your tablet or behind your phone to get out there and start to talk to people and engage in ways. And and you're going to look silly at times. You're not going to be sure what to say or ask, but jump, jump into that abyss. 
and start and start figuring things out because it's part of what you're going to have to do if you're going to own a company is you're going to be really uncomfortable a lot of the time, especially early on. And so if you aren't willing to get un uncomfortable pretty quickly, chances are maybe you should just have lots of ideas and not bother starting a company. Yeah, just have ideas. Talk to, talk about them over beers and, and uh, dream about it. Or tell them to your friends who are a little more adventuresome, and then they'll go and start the company, and you get pissed off at them, and you won't be friends anymore because they stole your idea, right? That's right. There's, there's many friendships that have broken up over that, too, Jack. Hey, I had that idea first. Well, that's great, but you know, there's, there's, there's no cornering of, of, you know, on the market of great ideas. It's taking it from that idea stage and making it reality. So going back and forth between the, the product and service piece to develop that as well as the market is very, very key, and we'll keep keep going along this discussion when we come back from our, from our next break so stay tuned to learn about how to start a company i'm adam sonhalter and i'm jack mancini and we have started companies and we have unstarted companies we uh we like that whole aspect of it it's a lot of fun and it's good for the country and it's good for everyone's soul so maximum value partners the name of our company we're business coaches we're going to be here for another half hour if you want to call us and be part of the program we'd love to have you Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonner. Adam, I'm Jack Mancini, and we are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. And tonight we're talking about something that probably most people, it's, it's, you know, depending on where you read and what you read, but the American dream used to be, according to these articles I've been reading, it used to be owning your own home. And that's been replaced by owning your own company. Right. Most people, you know, entrepreneurism is pretty hot. It's pretty hot because it makes so much sense. It creates security. It creates vibrancy in the community, however one wants to define the community. Uh, the security you get is having the ability not to have a job and, and be at the, the mercy of, of whatever the, the, the top management of the company and their good and bad decisions ultimately leading to layoffs. And, and um, you can start a company, and if you start it with the right kind of information and discipline, you can get into any business, just like our coaching practices. We can coach any company in any industry because there's fundamentals that if you master those, you're, you're home free. You can get into real estate. You can get into manufacturing. You can get into service. You can get into anything. So that's what we're talking about tonight. How do you start a company? And we're talking about three components. One is to really identify and understand what it is you're selling or want to sell. And and that's the first, we'll call it one of three circles. And then the second circle is where we're, we're focused on between one and two. And number two is basically determining who <laughs> needs and wants to use your product. You said number two, Jack. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> that's like... <laughs> Well, our clients always laugh whenever we say duty, right? We're putting together job descriptions. They duty and number two. They, they, they said, you said duty. Some <laughs> things never stop being funny. I don't care how old or young you are. Sorry, Jack. So we <laughs> go from right. product, I'm done. Go from I'm product done with or, that opening. From, from product or service, we then go to marketing and sales. And I, I mentioned in, in, in the opening segment, too, we're, we're going to kind of debunk a few myths out there, Jack. And this will then take us into our third circle. Again, MaximumVP.com. Go to the MVP playbook. You'll see three circles. So 
We're developing our product service, and we're doing that as it relates to the market to make sure that we have a market for who somebody wants to buy this product or service of ours. And one of the myths that comes out there that we're going to debunk here is that you need this big, fancy business plan. Okay, we hear that all the time. It's a bunch of bunk. Okay, you don't need a 30, 40, 50-page business plan. Those are what are needed if you're going to go to the private equity market and raise some money for your company, which is another myth here we can get into in a second. But having a business plan. Well, from an administrative standpoint, you need to pull together some plan, but it doesn't need to be fancy, fancy pants stuff, as you mentioned before, Fancy Jack. pants. And <clears throat> what we use in, in terms of the core of any business plan is what we call our seven keys to success. So if you're at our website already, you saw the MVP playbook. In addition to the three circles being there, you saw another uh, link for the seven keys to success. And the great little visual there you can you can print off as well. Yeah, that, Adam, that any, you can any, put in front of you. Anybody, anybody starting a business or even in business should uh, go to that site and look at those seven keys. So it gives you the questions to ask. Okay, I'll go through them quickly here, but just in terms of what you want to have. First thing is a vision. What do you see this thing being? You know, so you have an idea of what this company can be. So you're going to be kind of thinking about that. The profit plan is how are we going to make money at this thing? So I've now gone through the, the, the part of I've kind of gotten my, my product or service kind of defined in terms of what, what it kind of looks like. I've got a, an idea of who might be somebody I could sell it to. Maybe, you know, and something here I'll encourage you to is if you've got it designed and ready to kind of go and you have a market identified, give it to them. Okay? I know that sounds silly, but just, just give it away. Get your product or service in the hands of people you think that are going to want it. Okay? Because guess what? If you can't give it away... You sure as heck aren't going to be able to sell it. That's okay? a pretty good test, isn't it? So we want to give it away to get that thing continued to be refined. And we have a market identified. And then the idea is I'm going to try to sell this thing. That's our second part, which is a profit plan. What's it going to look like? What am Wait, I going to do in terms of sales? It, I want to reiterate the importance of understanding what your product or service is. Write it, rewrite it, write it a thousand times and talk to people about it. It's, it's in your mind pretty clearly, but when you start to talk about it and look at the blank stares you're getting from people, it's very important to keep doing that. So if you don't have a good sense of who's going to need or buy this product, you're going to spend a lot of money and frustration needlessly. So those first two points are key. Now what Adam's talking about is, okay, you, you've, you've, You've sweated it out. You understand that, okay, here's the market. Here's who wants to buy it now. What am I going to do? And he's, he's giving you the secret, the secret to success. That's really what this is, these seven keys. All right. So the second key, the first key is a vision. The second key is a profit plan. What you may often hear referred to as one of the evil worst words on the planet, which is a budget. Budgets are tired, constricting, not much fun, not very exciting. A profit plan is how you're going to make profit in your business. It's going to forecast out your, your, your revenue or your sales. It's going to forecast out your expenses and forecast a profit. So if you had a chance to be able to, to get your product defined, as Jack's talking about, had a chance to get and test the market a little bit, you have an idea of what the, the, the market's going to start to value this thing at. How many of these things do you have to sell in order to start to be able to make some money doing this? And you know, Jack was giving an example. You know, we, have, we have a client that's been a client for, for a couple of years now that's developing ballistic materials, which is which which is bullet stopping material, which you know couldn't be more timely. Okay. And they had some ideas when they were first starting it up. They did they, they did a bunch of this research that we're talking about, looking at, you know, there are billions and billions of of dollar potential markets for these things. And there's a big spider chart. You know, literally starting in the middle with it with the company and all these different markets, domestic, international 
breaking down to, to multiple and dozens and dozens of segments. A picture like just this big spider web kind of going out, right? And which of those avenues do you want to choose? Because you can't get to all of them day one. So they had some ideas early on what they thought was going to make sense. But within a few months of really going out and engaging the market, what they discovered was that there were probably one or two that really made a ton of sense. And they were different from the ones they originally thought were going to, you know, were going to make sense. So it's good to get the, the thoughts, ideas down, the plans down a little bit, then start to go out and test it and engage. So you have some more realistic, realistic ideas of what's kind of going on. So if we get our profit plan down, the next component is going to be the third one, which is our marketing plan. Well, just, just gathering <clears throat> gathering information like you're, you're suggesting there to put the profit plan together is worth its weight in gold. As, uh, like our sock example, you know, just the, the, the thought process in his mind, just somehow socks appeared. Somebody's got to manufacture them, design them, uh, negotiate deals, uh, package, ship, you know, get all these, these support activities down. Where do those things come from? Who's going to do it? Uh, you know, to take an idea and just have a raw idea floating out there, like somehow I can talk to two people and they're going to make magic for me, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. Yeah, but some- it's doable. So somehow you'll, you'll either get more excited or you get drained by this whole process. And if you start to get drained, that tells you, hey, it's probably not necessarily the best idea. Versus or you, you, get or more, you may not be that entrepreneurish right. uh, wannabe. But if you're getting more excited about it, you're finding out more stuff, you're, you're, you're progressing, you're seeing, and you're, you're learning things, and it's maybe it's confirming a lot of your, your, your initial assumptions or thoughts when you go talk to people. But a big part of that marketing plan early on, as we're talking about, this is that third key, is a lot of that research and talking to people about stuff. But also figuring out, well, how am I going to get in front of those people? So if I've talked to all my friends and families and everything else, Jack, you mentioned that great word earlier. How do I, how do I get in front of strangers and, and, and have the strangers become aware of my product or service? There's ways to go about doing that. And pulling together that marketing plan, what activities you're going to be doing, helps to give some meat to that profit plan in terms of your revenue, in terms of what stuff you're going to do to help drive revenue coming in here. So I got those, those components kind of figured out or ha- have an idea down. The fourth one, again, that's our seven keys to success. fourth one's going to be the organization plan. Who's going to do all this stuff? That's right. How are your products or services going to be laid out, defined, promoted? And then once you do get a, a customer or three or four or ten, how are you going to deliver your product or service? How are you going to do that? You want all this done on paper, and you want to keep testing it by engaging people. Don't worry about them stealing your idea and somehow uh, running away and making millions on it. Uh, you're, you know, it's, it doesn't work that way. It rarely ever, ever works that way, that someone steals an idea and runs with it. And, that's, and, and nothing will slow you down faster than doing what you just said there, Jack, kind of keeping it all to yourself. You start to engage people. What will happen is you start to engage those friends and families and, and, and folks who, who you know pretty well. You may pique their interest. You may invite some of the men to help you out. And they may start to help you out because they have skills that are different than your skills. And it's amazing how much energy starts to get created when you've got multiple people working on something. Mm. When it's just you, it can get very tiring pretty quickly. So you start to get other people involved in ways that they can help out. And that's often why we see very common... When we, when we work with our clients, again, who are smaller companies, it's not unusual. I'd say at least half time, if not more, the first employees tend to be family and friends. And friends and family are those who are already there kind of. It's a, that's the way things kind of start to grow because it's usually people who are trusted and they may have some different skills and they're willing to kind of maybe take a leap, take a jump, especially early on, of trying something with you. 
because they get interested in them, and you start to kind of see what happens. So get that organization plan in terms of who else can you tap into? What other skills, what other things do you need that maybe you don't have? You and, know, and, my, and, my theory on that, Adam, is, is people have an idea, and they're really afraid to engage strangers. So they keep talking to their family and friends, and things do start with, you know, a little momentum starts, and that's who they're most comfortable with. And if they do hit a home run and this, this company starts to take off, the foundation, from an employee standpoint, are friends and family, which causes its own issues later on down the line. <laughs> Typically so, that's the case, yeah, right? It's a whole different how well, question. Well, should I jump ahead then for a second to, sure, to our seventh on. key? Absolutely. Well, I was saying, as you're talking about, I think I have the cure for that, Jack, which is our, our, our seventh key. Let me jump ahead to key number seven, which is presenting. And so a lot of what we're talking about here in terms of as you're presenting your ideas to people, that's what you're doing, you're presenting. Presenting sounds really formal. And it's one of those, it's probably the, 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 the out of the seven keys, it's the one that probably gets overlooked the most or kind of gets pushed aside as like what's the big deal or the, the, the importance of that. It's, it's perhaps the most important in terms of how do you present the idea. And the way you present the idea day one to month one to year to year one it's going to be very very different it should be growing absolutely. and expanding and getting better absolutely and so once you've had a chance to kind of uh, cut your teeth so to speak with those friends and family those very trusted people you should get pretty good then and comfortable with being able to present to a stranger talking about the idea because you've done That's it right. so many times and so the, the more you can present the earlier you can present and, and uh, many folks are very good that way in terms of how they like the process Many folks are like me who like to process a lot by kind of writing stuff down and, and, and processing thoughts that way. But just about equal are people who like to do it by kind of talking it out, thinking out loud, whiteboarding, and kind of getting ideas out there. And so having somebody to kind of bounce things back and forth because their experience, their ideas, they're typically going to they're typically going to add to what you're what you're doing. Okay, and that's a, that's a positive thing, or, or they'll put you in a, in a different direction maybe you hadn't thought about. And it's often very simple things even then they, they aren't thinking like this is the this is the, the the greatest thing in the world just hey did you ever think about this it's like i never thought it's, it's so obvious jack but I, I just never thought about it but having the, the that kind of fresh perspective there so being able to present and talk about your ideas is very key and the sooner you do it the better you're going to get and the easier it's going to be to go talk to those strangers right that's right because you're getting a, a wide wide range of opinions and questions and insight to your point that you never thought of before. So now you, you hear this and you go do your homework and the next time you hear it, you have a quick, good, very valid answer for it. And all of a sudden, those that, that knowledge that you're gaining comes back to redesign or implement changes to your product or service. And if you keep doing that, it's a, it's a relatively easy process once you get in the habit of doing and you're constantly renewing. You're constantly learning new things about your, your product. And that's how you become an expert, quite frankly. That's how you become an expert. People will start to believe what's kind of going on. You get more excited about it as you're presenting it and continues to hone it down. It gets more more defined and you get to, you get a better sense of where it's going to go. So you have two more keys I want to cover. And we'll get to them after, the, after this break, Jack. But there's two more keys that kind of go into this. And the, the one for sure really debunks another myth. We're debunking the myth about a business plan here in terms of those big formalized plans. It's getting these these seven keys in place is, is really what you need to kind of get this thing honed down. So stay tuned for our last couple of keys we'll hit here in our last segment. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And as we say, we're business coaches from Maximum Value Partners, 
We deal with companies that are very small from 1 to 25 employees. We'd love to help you. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We're with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. And we're business coaches. And we deal with companies. We help owners of small companies, defined as 1 to 25 employees, get unstuck from the state of how. And tonight we're talking about the how question of, how do I start a business? And we've progressed through that a little bit, and we're on to just uh, sort of the next steps of how do you start a business, and this applies also to companies that are currently doing business. For us, it's very easy. We've been doing this for 15 years. We've bought, sold, valued, analyzed, uh, started, started, sold. I mean, there's nothing you can do to the small business that we haven't basically done. I, 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 I cannot imagine it can you adam i cannot we've done and continue to do on a daily basis to have a ton of fun doing it and so we're trying to get some very practical steps in terms of how to take a lot of those ideas and turn them into a business and we're debunking the myth that you need a business plan a fancy pants business plan 30 40 50 pages and graphs and all that kind of junk to say we got our seven keys to success if you focus on those again at maximumvp.com at the mvp playbook you can see a nice graphic you can download and print it off Put it up on your wall, have it with you, carry it in a binder with you. These seven keys are key. We, we've touched on five of them. We kind of jumped around a little bit. we touched on five of them so far. And i got two more I just want to touch on briefly because it's very key. And we, we left, we talked about the, the seventh one, which is presenting. And what's t- very key to that is the fifth key as well, which is leadership and kind of what your style is. And we use a behavior assessment, which I think many of you have probably heard of before, whether you're uh, new to the show or been to the show before, or whether you've just been out in business, you've probably heard of it, called DISC, D-I-S-C. And depending on what your style is going to be is going to determine how you're going to approach things. And whether you're a little more analytical or you kind of just jump you jump in, whether you talk to people openly or keep things you know, close to the vest, understanding your style and what you're all about and how you approach the world. And as you bring people into your organization, people you're talking to, it's probably helpful to have people who are a little different from you from a style standpoint to give you a little counterbalance, to maybe give you a little push if needed or maybe to slow you down a little bit and have you kind of dig deeper in certain things. It's things that are going to complement you and to help you grow and get this thing down. I think it's very important early on to kind of get that get that piece down. And it also ties into what the kind of culture you, you see as part of this. We mentioned the first key being a vision. What do you see? What's kind of driving you? How do you want this company to act? And you know, What should it be like? And it's going to be a lot coming from you and kind of what your values are all about. And it's, it's important to have those kind of laid out and talked about because it's going to attract the right kind of people then if you can if you can talk about it and it, it will repel the people who, who aren't going to be that you know be that way with you and then the sixth key again uh, which we haven't talked about yet which is the sixth which is the seventh one we went to talk about get confusing right but the sixth one as you see on, on that, right, on that you, chart allowed to do that is cash forecasting now i was hinting before that we're going to debunk another myth which is a cash thing and when you come to start a company one of the things people will say and we hear it all the time too when it comes to buying a company is Hey, Jack, I don't have a big pile of cash sitting over in the corner there in order to kind of start this thing up or go buy that thing. Don't all, don't all small businesses have a big pile of cash? No, they don't. No? <laughs> they don't, and that's part of what you want to kind of figure out is from a couple standpoints. Wait a minute, I want to interrupt you just a bit here. Go ahead. Okay. Um, 
we're we're we've we've crossed the line of how do you start a business? How do you take your raw idea and and start a business? We we've crossed the line from starting with that. We we had the first segment and a half or so just talking about that uh, to where now we have more of an established business. You still need these things for a startup, but you aren't going to get to them for a while. Where a startup taking a raw idea is going is basically going back and forth. Taking that raw idea and try to marry it to who's going to need or who's going to buy this thing. You cannot spend enough time doing that. And a lot of people get very in- impatient with that, want to jump into bigger things, and uh, you're not ready for it. you got to prove out that your product or service is viable, and then good things can start to happen. And that's where Adam's more or less at right now, more or less addressing an existing company that, that has done those two things one way or another, hopefully good, not always. But uh, now they're, they're immersed into building their organization and try to sell these things and make some profits, make some money. That's what it's all about. Well, the, the cash, though, Jack, let me, let, me, let me count it a little bit. I think the cash is very, very important. It's one of the things that kind of keeps people from often starting it. Okay. Well, so that's true. in the early stages, this cash forecast isn't going to necessarily be just from the business. It's going to be from a personal standpoint as well. Things are going to kind of get melded together. And the reason I say that is often I think what will stop people from starting their own thing is the paycheck mentality. And the no idea argu- that. No argument there. So the idea being, hey, I need, you know, I have certain bills to pay, certain lifestyle that I'm looking to lead. I've got, you know, whatever it might be, they have a certain nut that they have to kind of cover. Okay. And it's so unfathomable to them to also that the paycheck stops or, you know, I, I'll make the jump as long as I know, Jack, that if, 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 if my paycheck is, is X and I can jump to that startup now and make X still or make 90% of X or 80% of X, I mean, but some portion of that X, I can make the jump, right? Versus I go from X to zero or something pretty darn close to zero. I think that spooks most people. I can't just kind of keep going. Well, so I think that's true, you know, because they, they have obligations. Yeah. And, and so, so if you're able to forecast that out, and I think literally forecast out what kind of cash needs do you have? And how do you minimize your, your, your life expenditure as far as what you need from, a, from a, you know, keeping roof over your head and food on the table kind of stuff? What kind of money does a business really need? Depending on what kind of company you're going to start, some are not very capital intensive. It's more time intensive from your standpoint versus I have to go get machinery and equipment and buildings and all this kind of stuff. Maybe it's maybe it's not as capital intensive. So how do you have to, how can you you know either get enough money put aside that you can take zero for a little while, maybe it's six months or a year and still pay your bills? It, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's helpful to be able to kind of deal. see that. Yeah. yeah. It it uh, more often than not it's gonna be the make or break situation here. You know, if you don't have money and you run out pretty quick. That yeah. was a big deal. I think if you look back at both our careers, Jack, it was a big deal for me when I was when I left New York to come back and and join up MVP. It was, you know, the idea was I knew that, the, that, the, that the, you know, I wasn't going to be making X. It was going to be close to zero. You know, so how would I do that and how do I get my, my non-entrepreneurish wife at, at the time to understand that? <laughs> Ask about plan Bs. For you to be able to just to, to walk away from corporate America, it was very comfortable and easy to do that, even though you had two young children and a, and a wife at home, because you had money put away. So the the, the idea of being able to pay the bills day to day freed you up big for deal. a time. It's a big deal, right? That's and right. so I think that's what we, you know. So again, the, the cash forecast to me is is key 
with any kind of startup to know, okay, what do you what do you need? What are you willing to sacrifice? And if you listen to different stories, people, people will talk about, it. hey, you know, I lived at the office. I brought my kids in the office, did this, you know, whatever it might be. Like they they sacrificed and 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 pushed through it at an early stage because they had an idea of what they this thing could be. And maybe it takes you three months, maybe it takes you three years, maybe it takes you ten years to get there. But if you want it bad enough, and the thing keeps on evolving and and it goes from just being that idea to all of a sudden it's a it's a true product or service. It starts to get your first sales. Nothing. It's almost like having your you know, if you have children, it's like having having your child born when you get that first sale coming in. The elation is just is, is fantastic. Somebody, had, you know, I had an idea. I developed a product or service, Jack, and somebody actually parted with their money. <clears throat> To pay me for that—that's that's pretty it's, euphoric. It that's is, right? Yeah, no, I, and, I agree. And, and when you walk into retail locations and you see that first dollar bill framed, okay, it's uh, not just some hokey a big thing. Story it's, behind yeah. It. yeah, you're right. It's you're a very—it's right. a very emotional thing, you know. So, so these seven keys are, 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 are yes, yeah, so these are what we build our, our coaching practice around. For and most of the clients we work with are, are companies that are established. We've coached quite a few startups, and we, we we use the same process to get them on that too, and to make sure they have these things in place. And that's what we say when you're working on the business part of it. Okay, only so long you're working on the product side of it. You make it that product, you know, down great. Get it to where it's good enough and go go to market to start to kind of give it away, have people test it, and be able to sell it. Get some of this planning down to know, you know, how do you price it? How do you how do you make money at this? What kind of cash flow do you need? These are all very very important well, look things. At, look to at look at how get popular Shark Tank is. And if, if somebody were to use these seven keys to organize themselves, they'd be hitting home runs on Shark Tank. Why? Because it touches on everything that's that's necessary to basically get the market get the market identified. And once you do that, lots of help can come your way. That's right. That's key. And the ones who present the best usually the ones that get funded on Shark Tank, Jack. So that's exactly right. All right, well, we're we're up with our time for this week. I want to thank you again for joining us on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We invite you to tune in every Wednesday, seven thirty p.m. Eastern. If you have questions, give us an email, radio at MaximumVP.com, or you can give us a call, 877-849-0670. Again, 877-849-0670. And Maximum Value Partners is the name of our company, and we would love to have you as a client. So give us a call. All right, learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. And we're going to be taking us out here. Thanks, Sean, for Tom Petty, who passed away just a few days ago as well. So listen to some Tom Petty here on the way out, folks. Well, she was-